All right. Looks like we're alive. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome once again, rugby fans. Welcome to the rugby podcast. Yeah, this is the rugby rant with your team here. I'll take an opportunity to once again introduce myself. My name is Ty Brog. I'm your host for today's activities alongside the familiar face of Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And joining us here, once again, we have some MLR royalty as we welcome the owners of Old Glory DC. We have both Paul Sheehy and Chris Dunlevy from, of course, Old Glory DC. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here, Paul, and I really enjoy uh, your podcast. We think you and the Hammer do excellent work, so we, we appreciate the opportunity to chat with you guys. Fantastic. Paul, again, welcome to the show. Thank you both. And I've never been introduced as royalty. So that, that's a little, <laughs> that's starting off on an interesting note, but we are ecstatic to be here to talk about uh, the upcoming season. I do apologize for lying straight to your face then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe Scotland was here somewhere, but. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? This is another great reason why it's awesome to be able to have guys like you on, on the show, because, you know, you can be humble about your position in rugby, but truly, uh, it's awesome to be able to have the connection to to the, the you know the inner circle of the league, uh, with both of you being key players, not only uh, with Old Glory DC, but of course the league, the structure, the development. You know, it's wonderful for fans to have this way to connect with people like you, and that's exactly why we do these shows live. So if you are paying attention, you're tuning in right now. Don't be shy. Let these guys know what you want to be able to learn about their team and, of course, everything Major League Rugby by dropping a comment. And Scott, our producer in the background, will make sure that it pops up on screen when the time is right. But it's also time to be able to learn how this takes place here at the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews. And to learn more about it, I hand it over to my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt. Thanks, Ty. I appreciate it. A little shout out to Susie. We know you're paying attention. Thank you for all your support. Gentlemen, run, pass, or kick interviews work like this. We're going to give you questions. We'll prompt those questions with run, pass, or kick. You tell us what you're going to do. If you decide to run with the question, that means you're going to answer the question straight up. Take it straight up the gut and answer it straight away for our fans. If you opt to pass the question, you're basically saying, you know what? I don't want to handle that one. I'm going to throw it uh, onto the side. Or you can go ahead and have a little fun with us. And when you do that, you're going to kick it to us. And that simply means that you're going to put us on the back foot. You're going to make us answer the question in a way that we think you would answer. And you can grade us out. You can give us the, hey, did a great job, or boy, that was a horrible answer. Let me set you straight, gentlemen. And we'll assume that unless you identify who you're kicking it to, uh, that the person who asked the question is the individual that you're going to kick it to. Are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, gentlemen? We're ready. Awesome. Absolutely. As a back, I intend to do some kicking. <laughs> <laughs> just the challenge just can us, lay down. Yeah, just don't give us a hospital pass, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 50. I might get hurt. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, gentlemen, run past your kick. Um, Chris, Paul, uh, you guys have a great partnership through a shared passion for the game. It's probably fair to say that you spent a lot of time together as a result. What's one rugby story from Paul, Chris, that you have heard way too many times? So this is directed at Chris. Run past <laughs> um, Wow. Well, like 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 a uh, like a good 
lifetime lifelong loose forward i'm always my instinct is always to run with it whether whether i've got anything or not so <laughs> so i'm going to do that um i will say this there's nothing i can't hear it too many times but uh my partner paul Sheehy is what i like to call a real rugby player in that uh as much as i have spent my time playing the game on and off throughout my entire adult life um paul actually played at a level uh, during during his his early career and and what was my early career that really took him to levels that that I admire and appreciate and give him a perspective on the game that that most players don't have. Paul Paul was not only an eagle but he played in the Rugby World Cup in in '91. Uh, got in games against uh, not only England but the All Blacks. Um, and from from everything I heard from everybody who saw and was there, the man acquitted himself well in every appearance he made. And uh, I, I have nothing but admiration for it. So I, I wish I had a funnier story. I wish I had one that I could he's say. He's probably heard the Rugby World Cup one too many yeah. times. Is what he's trying to say. <laughs> I wish I could say nice it too many times. But I like telling it so much that, you know, I, I, I can't blame it on Paul. So that's that's the one I would go to, Rob. Hope that helps. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much. And I think it's important for people to understand uh, the depth of both of your involvement in rugby. And I think that tells a little bit of that story because for many rugby fans around the league, whether it be in San Diego or up there in Toronto, they may not know quite as much about the two of you. And it's always refreshing for them to hear and get a little bit more information. Right. I totally agree. And, you know, these are the experiences that you you bring with you from your previous rugby time into obviously now being in a man, more of a management role, you know, having gone through the coaching roles, having gone through the player role, all of these experiences wrapped up into, you know, where you t- are today. Um, but also you both are both successful business people. You know, you got a good entrepreneurial mind and I would imagine you carried that into what you do now. Um, but I want to kind of focus on, on on Paul for a moment here, and I'll deliver the next question. And talking about your rugby career of past, uh, it's no secret that you hung up your boots quite some time ago. So let's uh, let's go back a little bit, okay? And uh, oh, a lot I of want you, <laughs> I want you to think back through that time, you being a former USA Eagle, having represented your nation at the highest levels of the game, 91, 92 being those peak years for you, covering the Rugby World Cup, as uh, Chris had mentioned just a moment ago. Here lies the question, my friend. Run, pass, or kick? Um, When you look back over the rugby career that you had, what is the one of the lessons that you have learned as a player that you now share with your players? Uh, I'll run with that. Um, uh, a word we learned was uh, super irrigation, which was a word my coach taught me uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. And what it meant was do more. And uh, I recently reread it. And uh, when I was actually, so I learned it in the 80s and 90s, wasn't quite sure what it meant. I had to look it up. Uh, I had to pull out Webster's Dictionary. And I've, I've, I've looked on Google a couple of times recently. But I used it when I uh, spoke with my my own players when I was coaching a sevens team. And I think that really encapsulates sort of what you need to do. You have to do more. And um, one of the things, I'll just quick story. I went to, I moved to Breckenridge and trained with a guy, uh, just a phenomenal guy who had lost his arm uh, and and took me to a whole nother level uh, before the Rugby World Cup. And, uh, you know, you got to do things like that. You got to find places that you can go to to train at the highest level possible, prepare yourself, 
I was listening to Zach Tess talk about that today. Just yeah. do more. Super irrigation. Do right. more. I hope I got the right word there. That, I like that. That. Was, the, that was the one that I took away. That, you know that that has stuck with me ever since then. You know, it's I have no shame in admitting that I have never heard that word. <laughs> look it up. I hope I hope I got it right. If I got it wrong, I'll, I'll look, let me get on my phone real quick. Funny, funny, Paul, you mentioned the Zach Test interview. I was listening to the same interview, and when you were speaking about uh, doing more, um, it conjured up the thoughts back to that interview as I listened to it on the way uh, to work this morning, and it was so impressive. I think there are a lot of things, because uh, I follow college rugby, high school rugby, I think there are a lot of uh, things that young players can take away from that, that they need to start thinking a little bit more professionally as they begin to grow from high school to college, and then start to think about playing uh, possibly in an academy or the MLR itself is, is that um, they need to behave as professionals and, and take that big step. And it's important to learn early on in their career. Um, and I want to talk about the professional game a little bit uh, because I'm super interested here in Chicago, as, as our followers know, there is no team right now for the MLR and I'd love to see one come to the Windy City. Uh, so my question to you guys is directly uh, speaks to the heart of that. Uh, run, pass, or kick, and, and either one of you can feel this question, whomever feels comfortable. How did the idea of bringing professional rugby to Washington, D.C. come about? I'll run. So um, the uh, just as MLR was uh, starting to get underway back in really 2017, I guess, was when the, the, the league first launched and started to play their first games in uh, 2018. Um, uh, Paul and I, uh, separately were, were contacted by a guy named James Kennedy, who, uh, and this was my experience, Paul can share his, but, um, uh, one day I was, I was in my office, uh, late December of that year. And I, I got an email that, as I recall, was like one or two lines. And, and all it said was, hi, I'm starting a new professional rugby team in New York need rivals on the East coast. Can you start a team in Washington? Question mark. And, and I, I think he had gotten to me because he knew I was kind of an older guy who was still staying involved in rugby and DC and was a little involved in sports business. Um, but as it happened, he asked the question at the same time that uh, Paul and I uh, were about to meet for, for all the years that Paul and I had been uh, playing rugby in the same uh, community in DC. We, we hadn't met before but he and I were both invited to participate on the local host committee for uh, an international that was going to be hosted in D.C. for the first time uh, in many years. Uh, we hosted a Wales versus South Africa uh, match in in, uh, uh, in spring of 18. And um, the announcement of the game was made at the South African embassy that year and at a reception to announce the game. That's where Paul and I met uh, for the first time. And it, it turned out he had gotten an almost identical email or phone call from James Kennedy in New York. And uh, we decided to, to take a look at it together. And from there, we uh, we went through a very thorough due diligence process, did a lot of research, tested our market in a number of ways, knew that uh, although neither one of us had ever really thought about getting involved in a professional sport other than rugby, we had enough uh, love for the game that we thought this this might be worth a try. So from there, you know, it's, it's been a long story of trying to make it work ever since. Can I run with that a little bit? Two things. Yeah, Ty will appreciate. Uh, we met at the South African embassy. Um, so we have our, our, our relationship and the team 
has a lot of South Africa history. Uh, obviously, that game was played here and uh, with great success due to our local community. And I'd say Old Glory was sort of born out of that. that for South Africa, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah. the other thing I just want to mention, Chris, who uh, is a engineer by trade and, um, uh, you know, he's a great salesperson because he showed up when we first met and he unfurled this uh, this stadium. And uh, once he did that, I was done. We were partners because you know yeah. that, that's kind of what we always, uh, I always felt eventually, you know, we have to get to. And uh, so he, he's a really good salesperson. He knew my weakness. I like that. You know, what I hear is two points out of this. One, South Africa brought you together and you had me at the stadium. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. So, I mean, it, it just personifies how unique rugby is in America that it's just like, it's all starts with an email. Like, Hey guys, want to start a rugby team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it just flows from there. It's, it's just such an, an interesting tale. Um, you know, and that's why we do shows like these, because I tell you, those aren't the things that you read in articles. Those aren't the things that you right. hear about is those stories behind the stories. So thank you both for sharing how it all came about. So Ty, it kind of sounds like when you send a chat and said, Hey, do you want to start a podcast? Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure this is a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, usually someone it starts that way, but someone's got to do a lot of hard work to make it happen, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's all driven by passion, you know. That's the yeah. thing. Like you, you know, I think it was Chris that mentioned a moment ago. You knew you'd be a part of, you know, a professional sport, and you knew it would be rugby, right? Right. Um, because I, I think you know this is probably the the world over, and more so even evident in countries like the U.S. and Canada, where it is still its infancy. But there's a lot of passion of people who are driving it, and what what loyal fans. What should I let me rephrase that? What rugby fans are might be small, but they are mighty and they are very loyal. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so those are great attributes to have. Absolutely. I believe talking about the fans, though, we have an opportunity to be able to field a question from one of them that uh, Scott has so conveniently lined up for us. So this is one of your own from the uh, Old Glory Supporters uh, Club. You've got uh, Omniko Dunkel. That's right. Okay, I was trying to read that correctly. I probably butchered it. My apologies. <laughs> uh, what uh, what up uh, coming players? Uh, what up and coming players uh, should you be watching for? In the oh, he stole my question. Yeah, <laughs> I had that question lined up. Thanks, Scott, for uh, for for doing that one. But it is a good question. So, let me take this opportunity, and either one of you can go ahead and answer that. Whoever you feel has got the better grasp of the team right now, perhaps. But here lies the important question: If you are new and tuning in and watching Old Glory for the first time, and only learning about the team and maybe rugby as itself, who are the players that you should take note of this season, and why? Run past or kick, gentlemen. I'll run with it, and then I'll and then I'll let Chris do a couple. And Arminta, by the way, uh, is a huge fan of ours, uh, and she's also a customer of Sheehy Auto Stores uh, recently. The one who asked the question, Ding. so um, <laughs> yeah, uh, had to get that in there. Um, ABC. <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, you know we got a lot of young players. We got a great mix of overseas talent, and uh, but just focusing on the American players, uh, you know, just a couple Jack Ascara who played. Uh, at Cal and uh, also played uh, at Gonzaga High School. I'd watch him. Uh, DeMonte Noble, who just joined our team, he was in the uh, player pool for, uh, he played for the U.S. Falcons and Sevens, played at Kutztown. Uh, Mike Dabulus, who was our backup uh, 10, played at Penn State, 
uh, is going to be uh, a great one to watch. Um, young player Matthew Gordon, who's from uh, University of Mary Washington. So, you know, we got some good local talent. Um, Chris, if there's anyone else, uh, you know, that you want to mention, but I'd say those are those are three good ones. Yeah, Paul. Paul answered the question the way you asked it in terms of who are the up and coming stars. Right. I want to cheat for a minute because you also asked if you're new to Old Glory, who are we focusing on? And I got a I got a champion. Some of the guys that have been uh, established heroes already. You know, certainly, um, you know, our our out half combo, our our, uh, um, our our number ten, Jason Robertson, who led the league in in point scoring last year and is one of the most dynamic fly halves in the league. Uh, Danny Tusitala, who if, if you don't watch him carefully, that guy's gone and knows how to really set the pace for a game. Um, the uh, Our captains uh, last year, Mungo Mason, a loose That's forward, and, and Threaten Palamo, a center. Terrific leaders of the team. Yep. Um, uh, guys who I think are, are going to try to make a real impression this year, thinking also about the role they will play on uh, – uh, as as candidates for for Eagles later in the year, uh, like Jamison Faana Schultz and um, uh, Mikey Sosiani and um, uh, and and guys that are are coming into this team, we've added some talent this year that is just unbelievable. Callum Gibbons coming over right. as a player goes. You guys interviewed him. Coach yeah, yeah. I mean, just Warriors. Um, some some real upgrades going on this year. So. Got to no. give a shout out to all those guys as we as we talk about what people should look for in all glory this year. And for those folks that are watching, uh, I personally, Mungo Mason might have been the player, uh, the forward of the year, if not the player of the year through those five games. He was an abs- has an absolute motor, leads from the front, is always going forward. I mean, he is the prototypical flanker. That's yeah. a position I love playing, and I absolutely loved watching him every single time he stepped on the pitch. He was brilliant. Yeah, and I think that that's you know going to be strengthened with uh, Gibbons um, there. Yeah, as well. absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there's a move from six to seven somewhere, you know, and who knows, right? But that experience that you're bringing in, uh, the, the the youth that you spoke about, Paul, as well, it's a wonderful balance that that you've yeah. you've got. Our you know, two Canadian players, Doug Fraser and Kieran Hearns, too. They're you know excellent yeah. in returning, yeah. uh, and uh, you know going to. It's a it's a really well balanced team that Andrews assembled, and uh, it's right. exciting. It's exciting. And for those of you who are tuning in, you're you're talking about the head coach Andrew Andrew Douglas, Andrew right? Douglas, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me take an opportunity to be able to just remind our viewers that if you are tuning in here to the Run Parcel Kick interview here with your Rugby Rant team, you can like, follow, and share this with all of your friends online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. Uh, and you can see us every Wednesday night for a live interview just like this one with some MLR insiders. Uh, in addition to that, we also do our rugby debate episodes that will come out every Sunday. And uh, episodes like today are also sponsored by our team at the Rugby Shop. In particular, we are reminding you to go get your old glory gear at shopmlr.com. Why? Because the season is just about to start, gentlemen. And uh, both of these guys here are sporting the new gear. Is that right? Can we get a quick look at that? Yeah. Uh, those are pretty sweaty. So this is the 2021 right stuff, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Available yeah. now from Paladin and, and like the Rugby that. Shop. Right. Like 
Yeah. So when, when, you know, shop MLR has just recently been launched for the season. So until now it's kind of like, okay, you've gone and you've, you've, you've found your stuff from your team here and there. All of it's been centralized now. Um, so you could put it all in one place. I think that they had like some super awesome specials, like up to 40% off on some of this gear uh, as kind of like a ramp up to the season. So if you haven't had an opportunity, go and check it out. I'm sporting the, uh, the, 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 the St. Paddy's theme stuff because you gotta, you gotta order it now to get it in time. Right. <laughs> um, and that's, what is that? March 17th. And I will also add this before I step away from this. March 17th, we're fortunate enough to have George Killebrew come and join us on the show. So oh, great. In for that one there. Um, I wanted to be able to hand it over to, to uh, Rob to be able to move into question four. And uh, we'll yeah. follow on from there if that's okay, Rob. Absolutely. So, gentlemen, uh, th- I think this is one of the questions that a lot of fans, even fans, Old Glory fans that are out there want to know the answer to. And, and I, by all means, elaborate as much as you like, gentlemen. Uh, in 2019, the Scottish Rugby Union purchased a minority stake in Old Glory, D.C. The relationship was described as a strategic partnership. Run, Pastor Kick, how do each of the organizations benefit from the symbiotic relationship? And I can follow up with, can you reveal what percentage of Old Glory uh, the Scottish Rugby Union controls or if there's any other information uh, related to ownership? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll run with that. And as usual, Paul will be right on my hip to, uh, in case I need to offload anything. Um, so when, when Paul and I came together in 2018 and decided we were going to build this organization, we made an early business decision that uh, we wanted to add other partners to our ownership group, but we wanted to limit that to at most four or five owners altogether so that we could keep a limited uh, group of decision makers. So that was good controlled decision making, um, but people that were really going to bring not just capital to the table, but but some real strategic value in terms of their, their strategic input or connections they had. So um, when we came together, the, the first outreach we made was to try to identify uh, an established rugby professional brand uh, that would bring some expertise in operating a professional rugby team. Paul and I felt we knew the game. We knew our region. We knew our market really well. Uh, we had some idea about how to run a rugby business, but there's a whole world of, of business activity that people have developed a lot of expertise in. So we reached out to a, a number of uh, different uh, worldwide uh, professional teams, rugby unions at, at both the, the national and, and pro, uh, regional or provincial levels. Um, and long story short, the Scottish Rugby Union just turned out to be the most entrepreneurially minded, most uh, business minded uh, group that we reached out to. Uh, we made a connection with them through uh, some prior conversations that Paul and uh, a, a member of our group, Jimmy Cudahy, uh, had established with them in an earlier effort to pursue a potential Pro 14 team in the U.S. And the Scottish Rugby Union, I think it was just a nice fit between uh, Paul and I, the way we approach a business, and the the leadership uh, of the SRU and uh, the way they they saw um, a rugby operation needing to be run. You know, the interesting thing about Major League Rugby is as much as, as excitement as we have about it here in the U.S., 
the level of interest overseas in what the U.S. is doing in rugby is enormous. And um, people overseas understand how big our markets are. They understand how much athletic talent is here and how all those things can work to the benefit of the sport of rugby if it really gets tapped into. And I think Scottish rugby saw the opportunity to get in on the ground floor uh, with, with an organization that was going to tap in all those things for them. So um, not to give you a long answer, but you asked, you know, what are the, what are the benefits for each organization? For us, um, it is immediate access to some of the best rugby business expertise in the world. Everything we've gone to do, uh, from initially hiring our coaches to building our commercial operation to uh, going through human resources uh, uh, protocols and, and things. Everything we develop, uh, we're able to call on the expertise of a long-established Tier 1 nation uh, organization that, that has all the expertise in-house that can support with those things. Now, the nice thing is, you know, and they, they sit at the table with us in, in the, the form of, uh, Dom, Dom McKay, who's their chief operating officer, uh, he sits on the board right alongside me and Paul and makes decisions with us. Um, but they've been strong strategic advisors, but they haven't dominated uh, the decisions we've made and, and the choices we made. And a good example is when, when we went out to hire our first head coach, Andrew Douglas, uh, Paul and I did a search, uh, conducted a search worldwide for the best coaching talent we could find to attract to the U.S. And we actually found a coach in, in New Zealand um, coming up in the, the Waikato system. And Scotland didn't push a, a Scottish coach on us. They didn't tell us we had to take a look through their network. They did a lot of great background checking for us and validated our choice, but they let us hire who we wanted to hire. So it's been that kind of very supportive but resource deep relationship uh, with them. Um, I think from their perspective, the whole value of it is is getting in on the ground floor with this cultivation of business opportunities and and a new pool for potential rugby talent um, that the USA can provide. Paul, I don't know if you want to add any thoughts to that. Yeah, you know, I'd like to give the Eagles an assist on uh, the Scottish Rugby Union because they they beat Scotland and Dom was at that game as Jim Cuddy he was also in Houston. And I'm sure that in no small part said, OK, this nation could be pretty good at rugby. Um, but, yeah, we've got, you know, just great resources. John Manson, who worked for Glasgow, the Glasgow Warriors, now is our operations manager. We've sent players over there. And then they brought Dave Rennie, who's the current Australia coach, yeah. over and spent some time with us. So it's been a great relationship. We couldn't ask for a better partner. Yeah. I mean, it, those are the type of partnerships that we wish would happen more often in the league. Um, you know, there are some that have that with Nola and Claremont, they're the connection there, and there's probably a few more in the works. But as you so rightly pointed out, it's the strategic partnerships that make the difference, right? Because you don't want, you want to, for somebody to come in and add value, and that's exactly what they've done and will continue to do so because a lot of the trials and er trial and error can be removed when you have a partner who's so experienced. Exactly. And yeah. I think I think one of the things we we realized, Chris and I were talking about this the other day, that at every level, the ownership level, the coaching level and the operations level and the player level, we have a mix of uh, foreign players and foreign talent with American players. And that's yeah. how at every level. And I think it's a, this, the right mix right now. And over time, we would expect, you know, more American influence as as they teach us the various things that we need 
to get acclimated to in a professional rugby landscape. Perfect. Gentlemen, we move on to the next question. I appreciate that in-depth answer there. Although I, 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 I will actually wait. Let me return to, to one thing that was a missing component there. And I think that, you know, this might be the, the first pass or kick. Um, would you be comfortable being able to reveal run pass or kick what the percentage is that when they say there's a minority stake for the SRU? Um, I won't talk. I, I will run with it. Um, yeah. I, I, I won't. Uh, I won't. The only reason I bring it up because people are throwing out some wild numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would. I, I feel comfortable saying this. You should. Uh, you could do the math yourself. But Paul and I uh, anticipated bringing in four or five investors total, um, each with with a roughly similar. Uh, level of investment, so so closely right. divided. Except that Paul and I are always going to maintain uh, control over over the venture between the two of us. Of course, so. yeah. I must also add that I was a forward my entire life, and math is not my skill. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I got a little demanding there. Just know it's over fifty percent. Okay, Tom. I'm only teasing, man. I'm only teasing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's interesting. And again, why I bring that up is because people do throw out some wild numbers and speculations, as you so rightly have experienced in the past, I'm sure. So opportunities like this are great because, you know, you guys are open. And, you know, this is something that uh, this is totally ad lib, you know, that I know Rob and Scott very much share the very same sentiment as me, as most of your fans do. And I think fans even outside of the old glory circle are starting to see the very same value that you as an ownership circle, transparency and communication yeah. is a hundred percent. So thank you. We started this show because we thought fans should be able to know more and you guys are personifying exactly what owners, in our opinion and fan opinions, should be. So thank you. Yeah, setting a standard, gentlemen. Well, thank we you. Are. We appreciate hearing that. We definitely work hard at that. And as we you are, can imagine, yeah. it's not easy. We're yeah, nothing I mean, without we our fans. Be. And uh, and look, COVID. Uh, you know that was that was a very difficult time. Uh, I, I was I was just looking at something last year's numbers, and uh, you know it, it was it was tough. And uh, but our fans. Have really stuck with us and pulled pulled us through this. Uh, you know, this move out to Segra Field is going to be super exciting for us. So, uh, no, we feel we're in a good spot. The old line that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Well, we're standing here and we f we feel like we're in a pretty good position. On that you. note, you're giving me the perfect segue. <laughs> So run, pass, or kick, and I'll actually swing this one to you, Paul, because you gave it to me. You set me up nicely. Thank you. So aside from the return to rugby, Old Glory is experiencing a significant change by moving your match venue to Segra Field. This was recently announced to be in Leesburg, Virginia. Many fans based in the heart of the city were not fond of this move initially. What advantages does this venue provide for the organization? And uh, Paul or Chris, whoever you feel is probably best, run pass or kick. Well, I'm very tempted. Uh, you know, I've worked on both feet here to kick, uh, but, you know, we're going to run with that one because it's a real important one. And uh, I want to uh, be up front and say I was a, early on, uh, I my my gut was against it. Um, we had had such a tremendous two years uh, shortened season at Catholic. Our fans turned out in mass uh, and, you know, it just felt right. We were in the heart of the city, subway close by. Uh, you know, I live in Bethesda, so, you know, the drive was easy for most of our fans. 
uh, unless you were in certain parts of Virginia. So then I, uh, like a good car person, I wanted to test drive the new venue and I went out to it and it, I was done. I mean, the second I looked at it, uh, on went first off, there are no football lines on it. Um, fantastic seats, uh, you know, and the football lines just, unfortunately, Catholic university, wonderful place. My father went there. Um, we hope, you know, to one day to return to the city, but it just, we, we had to, we have to transition to rugby and, um, they're a college, they freely admitted it and they weren't prepared for where we were headed. This is a 5,000 person venue. Uh, it is, it is a, prof- a great sight lines regulation rugby pitch. Andrew Douglas, our head coach, likes that New Zealand style, wide open rugby. We got an extra probably 15 meters there, and we're going to use all those 15 meters this year. Um, It's a little bit longer drive, but, you know, all of us, you know, we're talking to you from all different parts of the country. We're used to driving for rugby. We all probably went to Soldiers Field. Rob and I don't even have a team. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're in the Midwest. Hey, I'm driving <laughs> 900 miles. Exactly. We'll come drive to Segre. It's yeah. a great spot. You can fly into Dulles. We'll pick you up. Um, but uh, I'll let Chris, you know, and also we've got a great strategic partner there that I'll let Chris run with a little bit. Yeah, I, it's um, – uh, Paul hit the nail on the head. It's it is the right way for us to present rugby in a market that, uh, as much as there's a great rugby tradition here, uh, like any MLR uh, city, we we need more people to learn about our game. We need to see it presented properly. So it's it's the right pitch for us to show rugby properly. It's got the right dimensions for. Uh, our coach's style of game, which is very fast paced, very wide open play, shows some of the beauty and, and finesse of rugby uh, that we think will get our fans really excited. Unlike the much more narrow American football field we were playing on before, um, I think the, uh, the, the sight lines and the, the seating, the 360 degree bowl we have, the premium space we have, it's just it's a truly professional venue that we'll be in that we think if people can get used to the drive, they'll really appreciate why we made this choice and why it's a better place to watch rugby. So we we, we couldn't be looking forward to it more. It's worth the ride. Yeah, I I definitely agree with overall, you both have have shared the sentiment that it's going to be a better viewing experience. And when you look at the cross hatchings on the field, if you are new to the game, it's one of the greatest criticisms Although the atmosphere was electric at Catholic, right, um, the the viewing experience was impaired by all of those markings. So I believe some of that same festival environment can be transplanted and moved across the Segre quite easily because, you know, rugby is that type of experience inherently, right? And fans who travel to that will almost make more of a go of it because it is a little bit further out the way and enjoy it just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also wanted to be able to reference, because I had the the ability, myself and my colleagues, Rob and Scott included, were given the opportunity to be able to watch your recent scrimmage that you had done. Uh, and you introduced the team, you introduced the coaches, staff. You know, it was a great introduction because you had to pivot, right? And it was an opportunity at first to be able to see what was going to be a game against Navy. You turned it around. You gave everybody a good view. And again, this lends to your transparency and communication. Kudos to you guys. But more to your point, Chris, is to play that expansive rugby, 
you could see that that was already starting to come into play. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that ball coming off from, uh, uh, you know, from the scrummies line, uh, hitting, you know, the second or third runner, pull it in, and that ball was just moving out as wide. I know this was simulated, but you can already see the mechanisms in place to be able yeah. to put that there. Yeah. Yeah. If we get to the point this season when that's really humming, Old Glory is going to be something to watch. Yeah. It's it's going to be – and you saw some some glimpses of it in some of our highlights from, from last year, uh, tragically cut short by uh, by the pandemic. But I, I think we're going to see some exciting rugby this year. Absolutely. And I just want to jump in. You know, you brought it up, Paul. You talked about the lines in the field. And I distinctly remember last season, and, and, I, and I looked – I hunted – diligently looking for a replay of the game on ESPN plus's uh, replays. Um, but I distinctly remember, and I thought it was with Rooney, the fullback went back to cover a kick. He kind of looked up and he looked down and he saw a line and uh, he, he, it turns out he had about 10 meters left. That was Seattle. That was, oh, uh, was Seattle. That was their 15, uh, Matt. Uh, yeah. Uh, Matt Turner. It was Matt Turner. Uh, That's yeah. right. And he totally missed part of the game. So yeah. maybe we should it, keep those lines. So <laughs> actually, this, this leads me to an improv question. Run, pass, or kick. Does Old Glory at Catholic have the ultimate home ground advantage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, it just announced we're moving back to Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the edge. That's the winning formula. I mean, what right. was it? Last season, it was it was a loss out of the gate and then four in a row at home that were wins, right? Well, well not home, but. Uh, four wins, right? I think, yes. I think as we mentioned this. Um, so our opening game last year was against NOLA. And if Tim Falcon would allow us, we'd like to, we don't want the same result, but we want to, uh, you know, <laughs> NOLA is such a fantastic experience uh, to have an opening game, particularly in February. So yeah, Rob's pointing to it. Uh, so we're going down there because it's a great experience. They're a wonderful team. And uh, we, and we have a, we have a good uh, fan group. We were emailing with them today. Uh, you know, we'll have, I think we had 100 people travel last year nice. so uh it's exciting and i think that's one of the things you know this is this is fun to travel within american cities to see rugby all of a sudden so Absolutely. this will be a new experience and i think if if we get better at this we'll all really enjoy it new orleans is a pretty good place to travel to absolutely i can't wait to get down there myself i'm going to be uh, i can't make that that particular match opening match um because i'm still going to be teaching but my spring break aligns with the following week so i'm going to go down there for the rooney game and make uh, the big guy jealous as hell because i'll get to see rooney live uh <laughs> so um but we uh you know it's funny we, we talked a little bit about uh um you know partnerships and things like that uh and we're going to get into a trivia contest here ty but uh, I think first we have to talk about one of our partners that we've just brought on board here for the 2021 season, uh, Rugby Coffee. Do you want to share share the fans a little bit more information about Rugby Coffee? Sure. You know, we're always happy to be able to, you know, well, actually, let's put a frame it this way. Partnerships has been a lot of this conversation, and we recently have been having uh, the opportunity to be able to talk and eventually have now secured a partnership with Rugby Coffee. These guys are coffee with a cause. One of the best things about them is that they give back 10% of everything that they make to developing grassroots rugby. So what greater reason to be able to pick up a cup of coffee, right? Um, we all enjoy a nice brew, so enjoy it when it's got some purpose, and that's rugbycoffee.com. Go and check them out. They really, truly do live and make 
rugby a part of their lives. In fact, that motto is it's not just a game, it's a way of life is so true to them. Um, and they personify all the great values that we as rugby fans enjoy. And why not? As I said before, pick up a cup of coffee and knowing that a little bit of that goes towards buying a rugby ball so a kid out there can take up the sport. What a great reason to enjoy it, right? So, Rob, I believe that it's now time to be able to introduce the trivia. Absolutely. So we're going to throw a trivia uh, um, contest at you guys and see which owner is better at trivia. And I'm going to play Alex Trebek here. Uh, bless him um, and his this family. This has an unfair advantage. He went to Columbia University, so I'm referring <laughs> to him. I'm, I'm, I'm passing to him. Yeah, You don't need a higher degree for these ones, Joe. No, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> Darn. Uh, so – uh, all we're going to do is ask you to to just have a hand ready. Uh, and if you know the answer to the question, just put the hand up into the camera. And then uh, I'll call on the person who puts their hand up first. So let me ask the question first, and then you guys can race to go ahead and put your hand into the camera's viewing. Uh, first question, uh, you guys are in D.C. You guys represent the East Coast right there in the central part of the East Coast. So my question is this, what is the most visited national landmark in Washington, D.C.? Hmm. I'll go with. Oh, I think it was, I think it was Paul. I think it was Paul. (laughs) I'm going to go with the Lincoln Memorial. Point for you, my man. Nice job. Very good call. Yeah. Drive by it every day on my commute. So that's why uh, it is, it looks it's beautiful. I uh, yes, played rugby next to that for, so did Chris, I'm sure. We we practiced there. So yep. it is a beautiful uh, landmark. Over 7 million visitors a year. Wow. wow. Amazing. Amazing. Um, all right. Question number two. Which U.S. president played fullback for Yale's first 15? Chris. I'm going to guess George W. W. Bush. All right. The score is even. I did two, not know that, by the way. So I yeah. learned something new. Yeah. Two, two well-informed, excellent partners uh, right there on screen. Amazing. All right. Question number three. What year did Washington RFC hold the first Cherry Blossom tournament? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Pressure's oh. on, Paul. You <laughs> that uh, the first Cherry Blossom? We had that's Paul's only... club, you know. That's, yeah. that's where yeah. Paul played. Good um, pressure, Paul. <laughs> no pressure. Gosh. Nineteen seventy eight. Not even close. Uh, Chris, you have a you have a you can answer it to freebie here. I, I wouldn't dare. You could ask me about the Washington Irish St. Patrick's Day uh, tournament, okay. but, but okay. Uh, no guess on the cherry blossom. Nineteen sixty six. 66. Well, the, the club was founded in 63. I didn't think we yep. started the Cherry Blossom. Wow. Yep. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, I knew we had our 25th, but was that when I was there? I guess it was, I guess it was when I was there. It was a well, while guy, ago. Tim Brown and guessed 64. He was he was close. Closer Skip Yeager's going to kill me. He was the guy that probably <laughs> ran it and bought way too many jerseys. <laughs> shirts that we didn't sell any of them. I think we got kicked off the, the mall at that point in time. But, yeah. wow, I feel bad. That's That's my club, so. Uh, no worries. You can redeem yourself with this next one. Although I think <laughs> both of you will be at a race to, to be first in 2018. You guys talked about it. Wales played South Africa in Washington, DC with Wales emerging as the winner. Here's the question. What was the point differential? 
It was a last second. Uh, you should say it was within a try. It was with, it was one score. I'm going to say two points. Two points. Paul, you are correct. I think you yeah. just took the lead. Two points Woo! to one. And, we talked um, it through together, though. Neither yeah, of us yeah. jumped at that. <laughs> that was last and, second. They scored in the last second. Yeah. Yeah. And you can pull the dagger out of Ty's heart. Yeah, All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and the last one here, uh, an opportunity, Chris, to tie it up or, Paul, to cement yourself as top owner if, in, in trivia. Um, and we've talked a lot about partnerships tonight. Uh, and it's even be, been mentioned, Old Glory just announced a partnership with Clonakilty Irish Whiskey. Um, question is, what year was Clonakilty established? Shoo! Because um, you got this one. I should. I really should, shouldn't I? Uh, I'm wrong with it. It's more recent than you. Hold think. on, guys. I got I to gotta look. So I'll be right back. All right. I gotta, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised you're on a bottle right there. It's more recent than you think. I know that. I'm going to go with 1992. Nope. No, Paul, freebie. Um, is he? Is he? Uh, do I need to be closer? Come on, hotter, warmer. Give me cold. Give me. <laughs> it's much uh, more recent. Yeah, uh, much more recent. Uh, 2012. Close. 2016. Ah, uh, uh, really recent. All right. Yeah, really recent. It's okay, Chris. We know you were sipping on uh, the bottle and not really. Yeah, right. right, right, right. <laughs> we, we, sampling it tonight. You would think I would be. Nice. Where's the old glory right, bottle? Right. Hold that up. Um, yeah. I've got a bottle of wine, you know, on the northern slopes. <laughs> yeah. I had some of that the other night, uh, and it is wow. Is that is it? good? It so is. Really I remember good. watching uh, watching the guys um, right. reviewing the feed for the. Um, the scrimmage, right? And they took like a, a, a swig of it. And they were just teasing me because like one bottle, the first one, which is around about 60 bucks, obviously really, really good at that at that price point. Then the next one, which I noticed they didn't open. I was curious why. Then they said 200 bucks and I realized why. <laughs> <laughs> the, right. funny, the funny thing is. Like, you can have this, but not that. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that uh, my my son, my older son just turned 21 and he's, a, he's an Exeter fan. So they just to celebrate their double uh, win last season, they unleashed, uh, I think, a pineapple rum. And I, I ordered some for him, you know, kind of figured it was appropriate. He plays rugby. He's 21, kind of went together. And I get an email like a week and a half later. Sorry, we can't ship it abroad. No can do. And I was so disappointed. So uh, I might just have to figure out where I can get some of that clonic guilty and send it his way. Uh, to, to brighten his spirits. This is Rob's way of asking up. for a bottle. <laughs> What's that? I just said, we will hook you up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't that. forget about me. Yeah. There, <laughs> it there it is. There it is. Right stuff. There. I don't want a picture of it, Paul. I want the bottle. I'm oh, sorry. Man. That's as close as I can get right now. I appreciate it. Gentlemen, it's it's obviously great to be able to have this type of banter, but let's talk a little bit more about rugby, right? And let's turn our attention to the season ahead. So here lies the next question. I'm going to deliver this one. I want to both, both of you to be able to answer. So run, pass, or kick. As we turn our attention to the season ahead, what are some of the goals for this season and what would you consider a success? So let's ask Chris to be able to take the goals and let's take uh, ask Paul to what would you consider a success? So um, it's impossible not to, well, I'll run with it. Big surprise. Um, it's impossible not to recognize where we are 
coming out of the, the COVID challenge season we've been in. So it is certainly a, it's a goal for the league to, to play a complete season here, make sure we get all our games in and give every opportunity for this country to see what an amazing game we have to present. Uh, for Old Glory, uh, we have uh, a- absolutely the highest goals for competition on the pitch. I think we came into last year wanting to feel like we could be credible, be pre- be competitive and professional. Uh, and after uh, what we saw our coaches and the players that our coaches have assembled are able to do, we've got our sights set on an MLR championship. Um, so I, I think that's genuinely a, a goal for us. Um whether, whether we need to get that far to call it a success or not, I'll, I'll leave that. I'll pass that to Paul to comment on. Yeah, I think uh, the team has been, uh, you know, uh, in a in a close to bubble as they can be. And I think that's the first thing is uh, being incredibly safe, uh, you know, good COVID testing by the league, uh, taking it very seriously. And, and uh, you know, that's the team that's going to that's going to avoid any of these COVID setbacks is really going to be in a great place. Uh, so we got to just first climb that. We got to you know get over that hurdle. Uh, but Chris is exactly right. I mean, we have put a lot of work in to to where we are today. Uh, so uh, success for us is in that MLR final game. Uh, you know, uh, I'm sure it'll be you know whoever we're up against. There's no easy competition. There's a lot of parity in this league, uh, but we feel we're really well positioned. And, uh, you know, we're going to be in that. Our goal is to be in that final. And uh, and then from there, all bets are off. I love that. And, and, and you know, that's the, and on the commercial side and the fan side, uh, you know, I, I'd love to say we're going to have our stadium packed. Obviously, we're going to have to just ease into that. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, those summer months, you know, vaccine willing and, and uh, the, we would love to see as many people as we can get out there safely. And, uh, and it's a big stadium. So that'll, that'll really to, to bring the, uh, what opposing teams, uh, haven't heard for a while or, or saw a little bit of at Catholic. We'd like to see that at Segra there. It's very important. Absolutely. And, uh, just for those fans that are out there, we're sorry, boys. I just have to say it. Cause I'm one too. We're talking to a couple old guys here, but that, that are bringing rugby to Washington, DC, Chris Dunleavy and Paul Sheehy, and we really appreciate them beer. We want to speak about old boys. Um, one of our sponsors, Tighthead Brewing, just released a four-beer series called Old Boys. Uh, and so uh, for those fans that don't know, Tighthead Brewing is Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy the delicious malt nectar of the gods located in Mundelein, Illinois, the heart of Lake County, outside of Chicago. Tighthead's Tap Room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season. Join us every weekend as we celebrate the camaraderie and thrills of professional rugby in the United States starting on March 20th. Of course, Old Glory DC kicks off against uh, my guys, NOLA, and going all the way, culminating to the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey, Chicago. Tighthead Brewing, it's worth more than a try. So let's uh, take that into our next question. Um, 
you know, uh, uh, for those who are new to the game, we've talked about new players. We talked about guys to watch. So we're going to kind of move forward a, a little bit. A suggestion yeah. because you just mentioned derbies first. No, actually, I, well, we spoke about the final. And, you know, we're yeah. close towards the closer towards the end of this interview. I want to make sure that we get this one, and I and I didn't want to leave it too far behind because Paul okay. had mentioned. You know, the determination that you want to be there at the final come August 1st, right? So here lies my question. I want you both to be able to answer this one. It's going to be a little bit of fun. So here it comes. Let's fast forward to August 1st at the MLR Championship game of 2021. Old Glory DC is there. Who is there with them? Hmm. I, I, I. I don't. I don't mind running. I. I think yeah, we take it's a bit of fun, I think, gentlemen. I. I think Old Glory takes out San Diego in the championship game. Nice. I like that. That's a good prediction. Obviously, a great team to back. Good experience at success already. What do you say, Paul? Yeah, I. I think the West Coast teams uh, all look. You know, and LA has. Yeah. <laughs> they've got uh, serious uh, all star together. Uh, but San Diego was certainly, if you look at last season. They were in pretty good form. Uh, I know they've moved to Vegas, but uh, potentially could be one of those two teams, or who knows, Seattle could. But I, I think Chris is probably San Diego's a. There's a good chance it could be them. Well, San Diego is the one who technically was was on the best run towards the top. They were last undefeated, season, last right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, five and five, right? I mean, obviously, Old Glory was not far behind. So, you know, at, at, I still believe it was at that point where it would have been a very, very interesting build up into those, those, yeah. those later rounds. Yeah, we had them. We had Colorado coming uh, the week that it was closed, that everything was right. shut down. And then yeah. the following week, we had San Diego. So we were going to have to travel out to San Diego. So that would have been, you know, would have been nice. So we'll have to hold off on that match till August. Well, who knows? You might be able to have that opportunity and the greatest stage that this game can offer in the U.S. later this year on August first. We can, we can, we can only hope. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I don't. I think it's it's a lot more than hope. You guys are doing a good job of putting things together. Yeah, well, it's you know, and and of course that's that's where we aspire to be. But we gotta have. We're gonna have a lot of tough yeah. games between between yeah. now and then. And uh, I don't it's think just there's one step at a time. I hear you, you know, with so many yeah. things evolving and this is obviously a troublesome year. Uh, a lot of things are fluid, um, but you guys have done a great job. You're putting together the right mechanics are in place. The procedures are there to be able to keep people as safe as possible and enjoy rugby as much as possible. Um, you know, and, and before we head out of this episode, we're going to, you know, give you maybe one, maybe two more questions we could squeeze in before we head out. But I want you to have it inside your mind as we offer all of our guests an opportunity come the end of this episode to be able to give a shout out to fans, friends, family, whoever you think might be important to share that one final message. So have that playing inside your mind in the background before uh, then I'd like to be able to hand it over to Rob once again to deliver our final questions. Okay. Thank you so much, Ty. So uh, the, Ty hit the nail on the head, very tumultuous uh, lead up to this year. And certainly there are going to be some hurdles for every team to tackle uh, as we go through the 2021 season. And I want to reel back to one of those things that I sensed. I, I think some fans were sent reeling, particularly fans in Dallas. Um, so the MLR is in uh, about to enter its fourth season. And while this is a major success uh, for Rugby North America, there have been some bumps. There have been some hurdles. We talked about that. 
one of which more recently was a postponement of the debut season for the Dallas Jackals. So run, pass, or kick, as an ownership, did this come as a surprise to you, and how do you think this can be avoided in the future? I'll run with it first, and then I'll pass it over to Christian. And we joined the league, Dean Howells, who was the commissioner. Chris and I had uh, uh, dinner with him right after the Wales-South Africa match. And we asked some of those questions, you know, where what's what's the stability of the league? And I think right out of the gate, he said, look, you're always going to lose some teams here and there. Um, so it's a natural uh, it's a natural process uh, that, you know, this is not this is not a layup by any means. you got to put a lot of hard work in. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we've had uh, Glendale, uh, who, you know, great, great assets and a great city. But uh, MLR wasn't right for them. Uh, but meanwhile, we added L.A. Uh, uh, in the meantime, and and then the Dallas Jackals. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be a part of this league and part of this. So, but it is challenging. It's a challenging environment, and particularly when you think of what we had to deal with. Yeah. You know, during sure. this, no one could have forecast this. So, uh, the fact that we're even here is pretty remarkable. Chris, anything you want to add to that? No, I would, I'd kick after that. That's uh, that was a good answer. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly it though. I mean, with a young league and I know I speak for Rob and Scott when we we've covered this in various different forms in our show, while it's disappointing for fans, it's important to recognize that these are some of the, the, the natural growing pains, right? Gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's a, it's a startup business. The, the league is, each individual team is, um, and we're, we're working really hard to create a lot of opportunity for a lot of people, both, both players and professionals and, and fans, uh, but there are risks involved in every part of it. And, and uh, even as we keep moving forward, we'll, we'll have some, some setbacks along the way. And I, I think we're going to see Dallas in the league next year. Uh, playing uh, with us on the pitch, and and uh, this was this was a temporary setback, not a not a disaster. So you guys, like the fans, like their names, their name the best too. So you yeah. know, it's got that rugby sort of motif right. to it. So uh, they yeah. have a great name. So yeah. so so uh, we've talked a little bit about you know where you guys came from, where Old Glory uh, DC came from, how it got its start, uh, some of the, all the things in between, the growth, your partnerships all those elements. Let's just forecast for a moment with this last question, run, pass, or kick. Uh, let's jump into our time machine and race ahead 10 years. What do you see in the future for Old Glory? Run. So, <laughs> number one, uh, we will have grown the game dramatically within the greater Washington region and the mid-Atlantic at, at every level of participation from the, the grassroots youth rugby level up through our school levels, both uh, cultivating the programs that are there in our schools and creating our own academy, Old Glory Academy system. There will be a, a pyramid, a pathway of participation uh, throughout our region that will be as pervasive as soccer is today, but, but with rugby. And the, the jewel at the top of that will be our professional team, Old Glory, which will uh, contribute uh, every year to uh, the Eagles uh, and the USA competing uh, increasingly competitively internationally. 
and uh, and Old Glory will will have a uh, a series of championship trophies on our shelf, uh, demonstrating our achievement within the MLR. That's 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 kind of the the dream of of ten years from today. Yeah, twenty five thousand persons sold out uh, final game at Audi Field, uh, <laughs> and it's an international competition, and we beat uh, Leinster in the semis and the Glasgow Warriors in the final to claim world championships so that's <laughs> so, 10 years so from now. my my friend norm Smythe <laughs> made this uh painted this rock he's got a bunch of them but you're going to add some stars to this bad boy that's what you're saying yeah, that's, <laughs> right. that's right i love that and you know gentlemen that's exactly what fans of the game here in the u.s need to hear and of course need to see and those foundations are laid in you know not only for last season but will continue to be done so this season with the expansion of the academy programs with the move to the new field and of course with that first title hopefully crossing the shelves of uh, of old glory dc but more importantly we also want to be able to take an opportunity to remind everybody that none of that happens without you as the fan so thank you for watching and of course, spending your time here with us on the Rugby Rant. Before we head out, I want to hand it over back to these gentlemen, the men of the hour between Paul and Chris. Tell us who you think is important, something special that you want to leave behind, a special message. Here is your opportunity. I, I wish I could name every fan and supporter that uh, has gotten behind Old Glory the last uh, couple of years since we started this thing. We've had terrific support from our regional community, terrific turnout at our games, terrific excitement at our games. And, and uh, what I can name, and I need to include in the mix, is that a number of those fans uh, brought their businesses along with them to support us. So our sponsors like Cuisine Solutions, uh, the worldwide masters of sous vide cooking, and one of the biggest companies that most people haven't heard of yet and need to hear of, uh, Lidos, uh, huge and, and very sophisticated federal contractor in our region, Iron Vine Security, the masters of, of internet uh, technology security, um, uh, MedStar Health, the Supply Room, uh, the St. James, uh, the Trove Apartments, Intercoastal Mortgage, uh, Ascend International, uh, Vision Security, and Sheehy Auto Stores are all of the cadre of uh, supporters that have really, really made it possible for us to keep going at a time when when there aren't a lot of tickets we can sell right now uh, until our games start to open up more. So uh, really, really can't say enough about the companies and the people with them that have come out to support us. Yeah, and I, I just, uh, you know, say our staff um, who just worked away, uh, never really kind of stopped, led by Chris. Um, but uh, Andrew Douglas, our head coach, John Manson, creating just, you know, our players live in a beautiful apartment, luxury apartment. They practice at the St. James, uh, and then we play at Segra. That, I, I could not imagine we'd be here right now with those assets. And then uh, – you know, Hope Allen, who is our media person, uh, yeah. marketing, Chris McKay, uh, Tim Brown, our player pathway person, Toshi Palamo, uh, Brian Tiramina, our commercial, you know, all of them have just done a tremendous job for us and, uh, uh, you know, really appreciative of where we are and excited about where we're going to go from here. So sky's the limit. 
I will give a, 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 an extra point to to Hope uh, in your organization, the lady who helps us with everything to set up all these interviews. I will tell you from my personal experience, I sent a lot of emails and had a lot of phone calls to try and get people on this show. The most responsive and the best support that we've gotten has been from your team uh, and including Hope. So Love you're to really hear. good people. That's great. That's Love to hear. And, and yeah. Chris, Chris leads them all, so he... He deserves a lot of the credit. It's uh, you know holds down two jobs uh, while while we're all working through this, but uh, it's a great great group, right? And great things happen when you have great people to help you along the way. And from our side here on the Rugby Rant, we wanted to be able to once again thank our sponsors of the show of the Rugby Rant. That of course includes your team at the RugbyShop.com, also powered powering Shop MLR news site for you to go and get all your MLR gear, whether it be Old Glory DC, anybody that you choose it to be, they have it all under one roof there at ShopMLR.com. In addition to that, don't forget about Rugby Coffee, that coffee with a cause. And finally, a reminder to get your best home brew or your best craft brew, should I say, from the guys out in Mundelein, Chicago. That is, of course, Tight Head Brewing. Check them out for the best wash parties in the Chicago greater area. For myself, that is Ty Braga, the host of this show here, The Rugby Rant, alongside my colleague, Rob Hammerschmidt, and on behalf of our producer, Scott Ferrara, and, of course, the old glory big boys themselves. That's the masters of the uh, the rugby realm there. You got Paul Sheehy and Kristen Levy. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank Ty, you. Rob, really appreciate the chat. Good to talk with you guys. Thank you. Very- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.